Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walker Truth Radio Podcast, also known as Dr. James Sutton II, Senior Pastor of Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church. I haven't done a Let Us Reason Together broadcast in a little while, but I do understand what we're going through, and I want to discuss it. I'm going to have some guests on later, and we're going to discuss the new paradigm of the whole world, the fact that they're finally telling us the truth that this coronavirus may be with us forever and how that affects the church and our society. And the one thing I want to say, now that they're telling us the truth, just like anything else, we must live on. So depending upon your dispensation of how you understand some things and your philosophies of life, your religion, your trust, uh, your understanding of economic things, you have to make a decision how you're going to live on because it is not going away. I was watching a concert the other day on television and the crowds were just huge, thousands and thousands of people and they're intermingling, having fun, enjoying the music. Those days are over. Those days are over. Looking into the stands and seeing thousands of people uh, cheering on their teams, whether it's college or professional. Those days are over. Where you're looking into the stands in Europe and watching the soccer games of hundreds of thousands of people cheering on their local teams. Those days are over. Putting arms around each other. Those days are over. Where you would hug on a friend immediately because you have the same uh, desire of the winning of the team or enjoying the music. You just reach out and hug someone. Those days are over. But we must live on. And I want to discuss what do people see from different positions of life how they're going to live on or they're just going to shelter in place and eventually succumb to no socialization at all and die there's a show on um, I think it's National Geographic 150 years after humankind and they're looking at the different structures and things like that the buildings and the infrastructure and how nature will take over this is a good show to watch because if man stops socializing because we are social creatures by nature completely then nature will take over there's been uh, an uptick in some of the things that would probably not be as prevalent in nature if man socialized more you know I know the grass is growing faster in the parks because no one's walking on the grass in the park anymore Um, nature is taking its land back on some of the trails because there's no one to walk the trail to tamp the grass down or to cut the trail nature will take its world back whatever you decide uh, your religious viewpoint You have to see this to believe it. I mean, the grass is truly greener. The birds are singing louder. It's almost like, hooray, hooray, the humans have stopped destroying God's earth. This is an ominous time. But this is also a great, wondrous time. And I didn't say wonderful, I said wondrous. What is the new paradigm for the world? And what is the new paradigm for those who believe? So we're going to get started and I'm going to interview a few people and I hope 
that you enjoy the show. If you would like to contact me and contribute to the show, because we'll be doing this for several weeks on the weekend, please do so by emailing me at s-u-t-t-o-n-968 at gmail.com. Um, you can also uh, get in touch with me by leaving a comment on the show's uh, Facebook uh, post. So once we post the show and you want to comment, I'll do that also. And also on our YouTube page of Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church, or like I said, I'm sorry, the Let Us Reason Together uh, Facebook page and uh, see uh, how we can incorporate getting you on the show. This is the time that we need to say something. You need to think about what is your new normal? How will you socialize? How will you conduct your religious service? How will you go about shopping? How will you go about getting your education? What kind of jobs will you look for now? Because all this has to be done within the umbrella of the ominous safety factor. And what is really safe? Does a two inch glass mean that I'm safe? Do I need a 10 inch glass? Does uh, um, this mask or infused with copper mean that I'm safe? And even though I'm safe, what can I do with the safety? Because I'm still not going to socialize like I used to. You know, to get back, what does that mean? Economically, socially, politically, religiously, what does that mean? And I want to challenge you. You can never go back. President Trump said it. Make America great again. And depending on when you lived, that's relevant and personal. And for some, America's never been great. Ask the indigenous people of this country. So let's get started with our first interview. And uh, let's see what some others have to say about the new normal. Change me, oh God. Make me more like you. My first interview is with uh, Minister William Townsend, a good brother, a uh, friend of mine. And uh, hey, Will, how you doing today? Everything's good. How about you, brother? Man, I'm good. Good. I, I just I'm calling a few people to talk on our Let Us Reason Together show that I'm gonna put out uh, in the near future about uh, the coronavirus. Uh, they're telling us that it's going to be here to stay. So my first question is, how do we live as a nation with this, and how do you plan on adjusting your life to live? The thing that uh, we have to understand as a nation is that the change is inevitable, and the first thing we have to do is accept that the change is here. We have to accept that this is a thing that's not going away, and that we must behave dif- dif- differently. Uh, the problem that we have as human beings is that we're creatures of habit 
And we have a tendency to believe that what we've always done is the right thing. And clearly it's come to a head. Um, we, we don't wash our hands like we should. We think that crowds are good. Um, if you go somewhere, you know, if you go to a church service, you say, uh, you say, oh man, I packed the house. Or if you go, uh, if you go to a party, we think, oh, it was, oh, it was a whole lot of people here. It was people on top of people. And we, we look at that as a good thing. So what we have to do now is understand that God has made it to where it's become apparent that that's not a good thing. And that even though we've done it for so long, that it must now come to an end. That's going to be the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As far as the church is concerned. Well, no, I don't, I don't want to go to church. Well, what will you do different? I mean, what will you do different to continue to be a social? I mean, God has made us a social creature by nature. Um, what will you do different to not only survive, but to thrive during this time? Economically, politically, uh, mentally, what will you do different? Well, as far as my day-to-day life is concerned, I'm really not a person that's around a lot of people a lot of the times anyway. I'm one of those odd, uh, one of those eyeball ministers who, who loves the small church setting. So, you know, the, the likelihood that I'm going to be at, at a church with uh, 500 or even two or 300 people is not very high. So as far as my individual lifestyle, uh, it won't, it won't, it won't change that much at all. I'm not, I'm not one who, uh, who, who's, who's, who's used to. I'm used to being in crowds. I, I'll, I won't say that, but I'm not one who, who likes being in crowds anyway. Uh, um, my advice to other people would be to, to again understand that now has now the time has come to where quality is going to be quantity. Instead of going to be where there are a lot of people. You have to want to be, and this is just my opinion, you should want to be where there are uh, people who are like-minded as yourself, people who people who behave as you behave as far as uh, not being in each other's face, not being in each other's space, not being too, uh, too, too touchy-feely with their hands, things of that nature. We have to, again, we have to understand that the change has come. The first thing we have to do is accept the fact that it has. Mm-hmm. Okay, economically, what do you see? How do you see the shift, right. uh, the paradigm shifting economically? Economically, I see this: um, the way we the way we shop has to change. Going to the mall and everybody touching everything and buying everything—that's not going to work. Um, just because we don't know, there's a, there's a whole lot about COVID nineteen that we know, but then there's a whole lot that we don't know. We really don't know if it's airborne or if it's not. That's why I said we're bad. We really don't know, you know, all the ways you can contract. We don't know who has it, who doesn't have it. We don't know if you can if you can get it and get over it and get it again or not. Because at first they said that uh, once you had it, you were immune to it. Well, we don't know that. We don't know if that's true. So now it's become more of a thing where um, we're having to order things online. Um, or we're having to, uh, uh, like, 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 we, like you and I were talking the other day about uh, about about the getting getting our lawns done. Um, we're, now we're having to contact whoever our lawn person is, maybe Cash App or PayPal them in order to pay them. There's a, a whole lot of small, subtle things 
that 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 have to change economically. Also, we're understanding that this a lot of things that we've been used to doing, we realize now that we don't have to do. We don't have to go to the mall. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go to the grocery store. You can you, you can you can order your stuff to be delivered to you. You know, all of these things is, uh, you know, uh, I know a lot of people like to go to casinos. In, a, in, in eight weeks, we found out we don't have to go to the casino. Mm-hmm. Our, our lives have gone on just fine without even, without, without, without going there. We don't have to go to bars. We don't have to go to clubs. There's a whole lot of things that we're finding out that we don't have to do. And we don't realize that we don't have to do them until we can't do them anymore. So when so when things open back up, we understand not only has things changed, but God has shown us that we can make it through these changes because the things that we have been holding on so dearly to, we really didn't need to begin with because clearly we've survived without them. Okay, and 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 on on one level, people have saved more money now, other than their panic buying. Like you said, the casinos, which are basically a self-imposed tax that you voluntarily give your money to, you've actually actually held on to more money other than buying, you know, like I say, emergency buying stuff. But that's kind of petering out. You know, there's toilet paper. There's all kind of stuff out here. You know, we understand the meat shortage and that'll come back. But like you said, I agree with you 100 percent that what we thought we needed to be human, American or whatever you want to say you actually didn't need, you don't need it to, to, to thrive. Right. You know, you actually can save money. You can be at home. You can enjoy your family, that kind of thing. And put in, and, and have that money in your pocket for something that you really uh, will need. Now I'm going to ask the last question. Okay. Let me add something to that though. Go Let me ahead. Add something to that. Mm-hmm. Because we have this theory and, and I don't know, I don't know what to be true or not true. So I'm, I'm going to call it a theory. Mm-hmm. We have this theory that, People uh, will trade one addiction for another for another addiction, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The theory is that uh, theory is that shoppers are going to shop, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm seeing this a lot in, in a lot of interactions. A lot of people have now gone to binge uh, internet shopping. Mm-hmm. Amazon Amazon's at the door every day mm-hmm. because again they don't realize that they that, that that they don't need they don't just need to shop. It's just a desire. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, going back to the church. Part of what makes the church who we are is that we understand that our that our desires are not always our needs. So we have to have a mindset of this is what God has set in order for us to change our ways, not not just our methods, our methods of, of going out and shopping, but to change our ways. Because a lot of times, again, people are finding out now that all these boxes of stuff that sit there, got a bunch of empty boxes sitting in, in their garage or in their basement mm-hmm. are stuff that they're really not going to use anyway. Mm-hmm. So again, we have, we have to get out of this, uh, we have to get out of this addictive mindset. Mm-hmm. And the only way we can do that is to have a true relationship with God. I just want to add that to that. Okay. A lot of people think, you know, because I'm not going, I'm not spending. Right. And then you still, you still, you still giving out some card numbers on the internet. Right. And stuff right. is still coming. So. Right. So what about, okay, so now the church, how do you see the, what do you see, the, how do you see the church shifting and what do you believe the church is shifting to? So how do you see the church shifting and what do you believe the church is shifting to? What will church look like uh, going forward? Uh, 
again, people are creatures of habit. So the first thing that's going to happen is when they say, hey, everybody, everybody open back up. My prediction is that the churches are going to be full. Mm-hmm. Just because people are so, uh, people are actually taking this as an affront to their faith in God. Mm-hmm. I've actually had, had people tell me, you shouldn't be afraid. You shouldn't social distance because God got you. When in fact, when in fact, the Bible tells us to be cautious. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us to, 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 to look at what's in front of us mm-hmm. and determine the best route. It doesn't, it doesn't just say go out here and test God's. And, 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 and test God's word. Mm-hmm. I do believe Jesus told Satan, "Thou shalt not test the Lord thy God." Right. So now, if he, if he put this here in front of us, we have to look at it for what it is. This is a danger to us, mm-hmm. and we can't be so stuck in our ways of what we've of what we've always done to be like, okay, we just gonna keep on doing what we did. Yeah. You know, God gave us this for a reason. You know, God God has, God has allowed us this for a reason. Yeah. So we can understand that we have to be obedient to his entire word. Right. Yeah. And, and, and again, we are creatures of nostalgia and we right. confuse nostalgia to God. And that's not the way God works. God has always been progressive since the starting of time. Each generation has some some different affliction, some different affront. But the key exactly. to the, but the key to being affronted is the storms of, of life will continue to roll on. The real chosen of God, the ministers especially, we the, when the Bible says preaching in season and out of season, the one sentence we have to understand is it's be ready all the time. And we right. always, now I'm going to say this unequivocally, those who are chosen by God to preach his word are always in the middle of the storm because that's where we meet society. Right. We never come out the storm. We may get a break from it, but I don't need to speak to someone. Jesus said the best. Uh, 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 heal folk don't need a physician. So people right. who are out the, outside of the storm, per se, they believe they're outside of the storm. They don't need the gospel. But the gospel is for those who are, who are in the storm. And preachers, we are always in the storm. We are never out of the storm. We are, When Paul got chosen to be uh, a preacher of the gospel... From that point of him falling off that donkey, he was never comfortable again. But he understood that the grace of God was sufficient. Society, he was the pursuer, and now he became the pursued. By the same society that he represented it, now wanted to kill him. So so as we go through this storm, we're in the middle of this storm. We'll never get out of this storm. And the church should be forever different. Go ahead, brother. Tell me what the church is going to look like. I mean, what is it really going to... You know, when you... Oh, let me say this. Let me say this. When you say church is going to fill back up, this is what I will say. Churches will not fill back up in this sense. The law is not going to let them fill back up. They're going to tell them you can have 50. You can have 40. Whatever the number is, that's what they're going to... Now, that's going to be packed. But now we're going to have a thing if... If you got a church of four or five hundred people, who you gonna, how you gonna decide? One, you even gotta decide to have a bunch of services, or who gonna come to you? Who how you gonna decide who gonna come to your service if you gonna have seventy? Right, right, right. You know, and, and, and I, I was gonna get to that. Okay, go ahead. What I was gonna say is, what I was gonna say is, 
churches are initially going to fill back up. Mm -hmm. They're initially going to do it because, as, as you can tell, uh, as you can recall, there were certain ones who did not shut the services down mm -hmm. because of, you know, whatever reason. Some, some say it was because of their faith in God. Some say because of their greed or whatever. But for whatever reason, the church thinks that it's okay to rebel against the laws of the land. Right. Uh, in the name of God, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm going to keep on doing this in the name of God when God has told us to obey the laws of the land. Right. But again, because we're creatures of habit, and we think because we've always done it that way, that it's right. We in the church often think that we're right and everybody else is wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily always true. Mm -hmm. We have to lean on the word of God and not on how we feel. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what I'm saying is the church is going to initially fill back up initially because people because for, for whatever reason now the thing about it is what God is showing us is that there has to be a shift but the shift the shift in the, in the change of the way of thinking has to come from the ministers leading people to the word of God and not to themselves mm, okay. I want to say that again it has to come from the ministers leading people to the word of God and not to themselves Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday, and this does tie in. I know it's going to seem like I'm off, but it, but it, it, I'll bring it back. He had a I had a conversation with a gentleman who was telling me that you know uh, preachers often have more say so in a person's household, in, in a man's household, than that man does, mm -hmm. because the man ain't coming to church, and the wife is. And what I told him was that preacher is supposed to be empowering that man in the household. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be empowering that man to where that man does have until that until that that man uh, until that man is able to express his authority within the household. Not that the preacher would have the authority, but that the man would have the authority. The preacher should be building up the man, right. and that's why I appreciate what you're doing. Even though even though the terminology was a little you know uh, a little shocking. But it had to be said because men have to understand that that's what they're, that that's what they're being seen as, the girly man. Mm -hmm. The preacher has to understand that it's time out for the girly man. So you shouldn't be the one that the woman is looking to. You should leave that woman and say, hey, look to your husband because I'm going to build him up that you as a family will be strengthened, that the church will be strengthened. Mm -hmm. So what, I, what, I'm, saying to, what I'm, I'm saying all of that to say this. We have to rebuild the church from the outside of the walls in in. Okay. Because we're not gonna be able to, we're not gonna be able to have four five hundred people in the church. Mm -hmm. They're literally gonna start sending people in there, you know, to shut the church down. Right. Right. The government is. Most, yes, yes, sir. Right. They, they, they're really gonna do that. So what I'm saying is, the church now has become a different entity. And the thing that I see that's frightening to me is that a lot of us as ministers are are struggling trying to figure out how to get the church back to where it was. When God's telling us that that day has come and gone. Amen. Yeah, bro, I agree. He's showing us that that day has come and gone. Mm -hmm. There's a different church, mm -hmm. just like there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Mm -hmm. The church has become different now. The yeah. church is going to be the church. The church is going to be what you see and touch. We we say that oh church is outside these four walls. Well, guess what God just did just did for us. Mm -hmm. He took those four walls away. Right now, let's now let's see if you really want to walk in that. The church is outside the four walls.
Well, and, and also I like what you said, you know, that it's going to be different and, and, and we're going to, God is going to let us see what it's going to be. And the church mm-hmm. is also uh, uh, going to get rid of its fat. It's going to yeah. become leaner, stronger, more focused. And even though the 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 method that we what we're used to the nostalgia that we held on to because this is not going to be your grandmother's church but the, even though times change the gospel doesn't and that's I think Jesus God is trying to tell us that cultures come and go which we see which we read in the Bible cultures come and go but the word of God the character of God stays the same and the means by which people get saved is faith come by hearing hearing come by the word of God we have got so caught up into looking at church versus hearing what the pastors say see now you can focus on what he's saying because you're not going to be an opulence to be distracted by a bunch of foolishness smokes and lights and mirrors and you know the the great uh, uh, praise band and all that stuff and who wearing this and who wearing that because you're going to be in a position whereas guess what there's I need to listen to what he's saying or listen to what she's saying to see if the gospel or God's character is in what they're preaching. Amen. And the last thing that I want to say, I know, I know that, I know that, that we, we're running short on time. The okay. last thing that I want to say is this. God is showing us two things as mm-hmm. ministers. God is showing us one that, um, the, the paradigm the, the paradigm is shifting God is showing us who needs to be out of their position who needs mm-hmm. to let their position go God is showing us who is able to push his word forward and who is in a holding pattern mm-hmm. okay we have we have a lot of preachers that are in a holding pattern who when this change happened they're confused bewildered run amok Plymouth Rock didn't land. They didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on them. They're totally out of their element because they've been following this paradigm and not necessarily following God. Amen. They've become creatures to their habit. Amen. The second thing that God is showing us is this: God is showing us that now we have to truly stand under His word. What do I mean by that? God told when, when, when Jesus ran, when, when Jesus got his disciples, he sent them out. He didn't have people come to them. Mm-hmm. He sent them to the people. As ministers now, we have to go to the people. Mm-hmm. We have to. We can't. We, we can't. Um, we can't. We can't gather. But that don't mean we can't walk these neighborhoods. Right. That don't mean we can't preach this gospel. That don't mean that we can't really touch the people. God is also showing us that we cannot pastor three, four thousand people, twenty-five thousand people. Mm-hmm. You gotta have relationships with. You gotta have. We have to have relationships with our people. We gotta have relationship with our parishioners. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to talk to them. We have to be able to reason with them. We have to be able to not only show them. Not only tell them about the gospel, but they have to be able to stay. They, that, they now have an opportunity to see the gospel in us. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to see that if they're seeing us. Used to be, think, think about how church used to, used to be. The deacons would come out, start the service. 
minister in the back. They got praise and worship. They got the announcements, all this stuff, this stuff, all, all this stuff going on, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe five minutes for the preacher, preach, he come out. If like, that, hold up, if that, it may be longer than that. Go ahead. Right, and he, and he, and he, and he sit there. He just, he just sit there and look like a superstar. Nobody knows him. You can't reach him. You can't talk to him. You don't know what his life is like. You don't know what his relationship with his family is like. You don't know what his relationship with his children is like. You don't know any of that, right? Mm-hmm. When all of these things are prescribed in the Bible as things that should be of good reports, that means somebody should know this and be able to talk about and reinforce that this is who he is. Mm-hmm. But the preacher had become such a mystery. Well, the veil has been lifted. The veil is gone. You're going to see now who's living the gospel, who's supposed to, who's who's really supposed to be in position, and who needs to move out of the way so that the church can truly move forward is what God is trying to show us, I believe. Okay. Amen. Hey, Brother Will, thank you for coming on. Go ahead and tell the people uh, where you worship at and who your pastor is. Will's the assistant pastor. So could you tell us uh, where you worship at and, and who's your pastor? Yes, 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 yes. I uh, <clears throat> I am the uh, assistant minister at uh, Kings Highway Christian Church, in East St. Louis, uh, 512 North 59th Street, East St. Louis, Illinois, uh, under the tutelage of Pastor Joseph M. King. Amen. Praise God. And, and Pastor King's a good man. And man, again, bro, thank you for taking our time on your Saturday to come and uh, answer those questions. I'm going to be calling a whole bunch of people and just getting a compilation of uh, what's going on because the Bible talks about in the Council of Wise People. You know, and I've considered you a wise man. And like I say, to tell your wife, I said hello. And uh, again, thanks for coming on, bro. I appreciate it, brother. Love you. Love you too. Talk to you in a minute. Peace. I gotta have you. I gotta have you.